Hey, this is Jose Galison of No Way Jose. You can find me on the No Way Jose YouTube channel. You can also find me just about everywhere podcasts are at, all the major podcatchers. Today, my guests are uh, Andrew of Popular Liberty and Ace. Uh, today's his birthday, so, I mean, this won't be one of the drops unless you're a Patreon. And with that, you know, patreon.com says No Way Jose 2020. I like money. Give me money. Um, as always, go check out Top Lobster at toplobster.com. He has a lot of dope merch. I don't know if you guys saw... Uh, for my Dave episode, they uh, he made a dope ass like Murray Rothbard Dave Smith mashup, and uh, he used that for my thumbnail for my episode. And now it's he's made merch for it, so that should be dropping soon too. I'll be getting that one for sure. Uh, there's no way Jose merch there as well. Uh, with that, yeah, let's uh, like I said, I have I have uh, pops and A's today, and I just kind of figured we'd touch on archetropism a little bit more and have critique it because it kind of works out uh, popular. Uh, Pops, I'm going to keep calling Pops because the popularity thing throws me off. It doesn't roll off the tongue well. Uh, Pops and Ace, and uh, they're, they're kind of like the uh, resident autists of the Liberty Movement. So I figured I'd have them kind of uh, build up Pops' theory a little bit more. Uh, you know, not necessarily shoot it down, but kind of build it up. Um, and me, I'm kind of, a, I guess I have a little bit different perspective. I'm, I'm kind of the retard out, but I'll kind of, I kind of moderate the conversation a little bit, do what I can. Uh, with that, let's go ahead and bring these dudes the fuck in. What's up, guys? Howdy, y'all. Thank you so much for inviting me back or inviting me on. Yeah, no, no problem. Is there a warrant out for your arrest right now after the murder of Brad Palumbo? <laughs> <laughs> uh, not, not yet, not yet, but uh, maybe one day. Maybe yeah. one day. Yeah. Did you agree with me? I don't want to talk, talk trash uh, at all, but did you? Did that just the whole thing came off as a uh, what, what's the? Uh, it's a argument from a conclusion of fallacy or consequence fallacy. Conse- the, yeah. the whole slippery was, slope fallacy. Yeah, yeah, or that too. It's like the whole argument was, but if that's true, then government's bad. So that can't be true. Yeah. And, and obviously that's very much simplifying it, but but it's kind of like he wouldn't accept the premise because then it then it ha- he has to change his mind on a different premise. So it's like, well, that's not that doesn't make a difference here. I don't know, not to right. go off on a tangent, but I, yeah. I, I that was what the whole discussion kind of boiled down to me. Yeah, I mean, so, I give I give props to Brad for you know doing yeah. the debate at all. You know what I mean? But uh, yeah, that's that's sort of my viewpoint as well. I, I just found it was sort of a, his argument was just sort of as you said an argument from consequence, where it's like, well, you know, bad things could happen, but I don't think that was necessarily the resolution that we were debating on. Yeah. All right. Uh, you guys want to introduce yourselves for those who don't know? Uh, you, you can go ahead, Pops. That way, since you've been kind of sitting out so Pops far, Pops is fine. Yeah, Pops, Andrew yeah. from Popular Liberty. I'm the author of the Archetropism Framework and the Anti-Tax. And uh, you're go- and uh, we're I think we're going to be talking about that tonight. Mm-hmm. So. And you, are. Uh, <laughs> I am uh, Ace underscore Argus on Twitter, and I uh, I'm just a Twitter person. I don't know. That's all. <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, you're one of the best among us, though. Uh, oh, I appreciate it's, it's, that. It's Thank quite, it, I, I know, I always joke that, like, for anyone listening, if you're on Twitter, Ace is always a tag away. If you're, because I'm more of the, I do not use it as a, a I do not use Twitter as a uh, platform for debates. If I mm-hmm. want to do that, I'd go back to Facebook. But, sure. you know, mm-hmm. Ace has the patience to, there's something magical about someone who has the time and patience and intelligence to do that. And uh, I don't, so I usually just like you chat meme them or ignore them, and that's about it. Like I don't, I don't, I I intentionally don't. I mean, I will literally send the meme that's like, no, I will not, I will not explain myself. Right. <laughs> I mean, that's a, that's a smart strategy, so I can't, I can't complain with that. And then, it, then I will like, uh, I will literally set traps where I tag Ace, hoping someone comes in. That way, I could just back away and watch the, the, the watch the mayhem. 
Uh, okay, Pops, let's fucking get into it. Go ahead and give us an elevator pitch, kind of like a five-minute. I know it's super lengthy. It's kind of hard to yeah. do, but just kind of a quick of what Archotropism is. We've done an episode on this, by the way. So for those mm-hmm. who are interested in a longer explanation, I have mine. You've been on uh, Pete Quinone's show. You've been on just about goddamn everywhere. You've been on Mark Claire's show. You, you've kind of you've been everywhere giving your spiel. And I feel like it's one of those things you do need to kind of uh, Unpack, you need to yeah. digest it in long form. And it actually is helpful. I know it's like you're giving I'm giving people like a ten hour chore, but it's like if you it, I do think there are it is a interesting theory, uh, and there's a lot to be drawn from it, and I do think you, it would behoove you to take it from different sources. Because I think you're going to get something different out of my episode, as you will with Pete's, but both are valuable. Um, yeah, and yeah. I, I try to do every talk a little different to give everybody an incentive to continue listening, rather yeah. than you know, they heard it once, and you know, they don't want to see anybody else's show, but I intentionally do all of my talks, you know, differently, using different examples, and you know, different explanations yeah. uh, in order to try to give people extra uh incentive to you know see it again and again because it really does help it built it yeah. builds on itself pretty quick and that's a common trope in theory in general if you if you're once you start noticing this in theory you'll notice that like i don't know say like rothbard will like explain the same thing five different ways so that you can understand it and and then then he'll get to his conclusion or whatever that's a very common thing in theory uh yeah. philosophers do this all the time explain it 12 different ways and it's kind of important because we're kind of retarded uh, as humans and it takes a bunch of different ways to get it into your head because we're not as logical as we think we are. Mm-hmm. So uh, with that, go ahead, uh, Pops. Go ahead and give us a quick little definition, best you can. But I highly suggest going in the long form for those listening now. Yeah, archotropism, put simply, is the process by which the state grows its power through extracting order from chaos. And the I, I also you know use it kind of colloquially to refer to the six laws that we have that I have of archotropism that basically define the movement of the value of power and you know the you know the, you'll see that there's a they're kind of a mixture of um, assessing economics and praxeology and thermodynamics and you know and so all I'm trying to do there is define you know, that, uh, you know, power has value and here's how it, here's how that value behaves. Okay. Um, well, I mean, do you have any critiques at this point, Ace or no? No. Oh no, not I mean, at all. I, I completely agree with that. Yeah. Cause, cause I, I know, I, I know, I don't know. You guys recall, I didn't get, I don't know if I gave a caveat or, or gave a little story at the beginning that I didn't No, I, we did in the pre for those watching. I, this all started cause someone tagged me because you two were arguing on Twitter yeah. and, um, and I was super busy at the moment. They were like, you should have them on to talk about this. And I was like, you guys want to? And they're like, okay. And I was like, well, I'll just check later. I'm sure they'll remember. Yeah. And then I hit you guys up a few days ago. So what were you guys arguing about? No idea. No idea. <laughs> yeah. I, I think it just had to do with the clarification of terms, I think. Yeah. Like just, yeah. So I, yeah. I think that was the main disagreement. Yeah, I which I think was about archotropism. Yeah. I thought. No, no not, not specifically. Else. Oh, no, yeah, it wasn't? I, I thought we ended up agreeing on it too. We did. Yeah. We, yeah. We, yeah. <laughs> Whatever it was, we agreed on it at the end. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it was semantics, and that—that's kind of how it was. I mean, I know me and you, pops, in our episode, we kind of uh, talked to architects, and there were some minor semantics yeah. that I had issues with, but then it kind of like I ironed out. I mean, I—I I mean, some yeah. things. I mean, maybe it's just a matter of style. So to me, it comes off as clunky in some parts, but to some other people, maybe not. But yeah, it really is just minor semantic things I've issue. I, I don't really have any issues with this. I guess Ace doesn't. So let's move on to the implications. And I know this is a whole mm-hmm. other episode by itself, yeah. but uh, let's get into that. And I kind of want to get into, uh, it, correct me if I'm wrong, but you're kind of wanting to use the state and not in this like way that yeah. where we talk about with the LPMC where they're like, 
oh, we're going to use it to fucking for messaging or whatever. Like, no, you want to use the state. So, I yeah, mean, go ahead. Amongst other things, the, uh, you know, I, I would say for the, the, that implication comes from the first law that, okay, if you have, uh, you know, aggression and it's, and that has an inevitable value to it, because, you know, I can take your shit that has value to me. And the, uh, and so, and that's basically inevitable. And if you have hierarchy too, because that's a, a, a economic process to make, uh, you know, uh, production more efficient. So you have economic, you have a uh, aggression and uh, hierarchy that are both, uh, they both have value. Therefore, they're both going to be inevitably done, you know, to profit maximum because that, you know, we're lazy monkeys. We want to get the most bang for our buck. Have, you know, or as uh, Rothbard put it in uh, Man, Economy, and State, we want to have the most ends for like the least means. And so, you know, that you're going to have a, 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 a high, you know, because of that you're going to have a hierarchy for aggression and that high and the, you know, uh, size of that hierarchy is going to depend on where the profit maximum for aggression is. And, you know, and that can also also be balanced over time. So, you know, what the way I see it is, okay, you know, you, you have a, a, the state, you know, the state is inevitable. And we need to probably do something about that, and because uh, I think there's something that demands to be done for that, and I think that's yeah the point we're up to the point where we would agree, and mm. you know that where we go from there is okay well what well what what do we do about that and I, you know I turn to the uh, to like the third law and say okay well if the uh, you know value of power is also is not just uh, you know inevitable it's not just relative it's also subjective. Well, then it's also subject to time preference, and it works the same way that money does. And if I and if I can, you know, manage to, uh, you know, and that that means that you know one of the uh, predators, you know, or you know who are you know or statesmen as we call them, <laughs> you know, elected representatives, uh, you know, they can have, uh, you know, a pre they have they all have a time preference for power, and all I have to do to buy my freedom is trade them something that is, you know, more valuable to them, usually in terms of power. And we've seen this done repeatedly, like with, uh, like tax cuts and, you know, marijuana legalization, where we will, you know, trade them, you know, paying less taxes right now for more in the future, or we will pay, trade that or trade them, you know, a 25% tax increase right now for, you know, the right to smoke a blunt and not go to not be put in the cage. And so I, I would say, you know, if I'm going to be buying my freedom from them, you know, if they're willing, if it's for sale, if my freedom is for sale, you know, I mean, maybe it's worth paying the ransom because that's the way I see it. I mean, it's a, it's a ransom payment. That's the, uh, that's effectively the, the method I'm talking about right now is you know, we need a way to lobby for, you know, that, you know, uh, we need a ransom fund to, so we can lobby for our freedom. Could you be maybe a little more clear on what you, what you mean by that or, or. Uh, maybe explain a different way for my, my dumb monkey brain. Ah, uh, yeah. Okay. So like the, uh, you know, I mean, it, it, you have to make it a win-win situation where they feel like they're getting more power for, uh, you know, you know, for interns for giving us our freedom back. So if I were to, you know, make them a, uh, like, so, you know, let, let's say that I could legally bribe them. I can't, but let's say I legally could, you know, and not just, Donate, donating to their campaign, like physically pay them the money for their own personal benefit. Let's say I, I could legally do that, but I can't. And yeah, so the uh, what you know what I would do is is say, all right, yeah, let me pay you like ten years of taxes upfront right now, and 
you know, and in return, you're, you know, I'm free and clear of all of your laws and I am my own statement. I, I'm my own statesman now. You know, I'm a state unto myself. And some something like that, you know, where it's, you know, it's like, okay, well, you know, just what's the price? Because all mm. we're doing is negotiating. Now, now that you've told me that my freedom is for sale so long as I give you the, you know, power or wealth that you desire, uh, all right, well, let's just negotiate now. What's the price? Okay, so you're talking like... Uh maybe like congregating amongst ourselves and creating a pool of money and finding a way to essentially create our own separate states aside from essentially, I know, I guess like a Chaz chop, but less retarded. Um, yeah. Well, so, I mean, it's also, it also could take the form of like, well, how, where, where's there a private Island I can buy or something mm -hmm. like that, like that, you know, I mean, this is ideas that have been floated around for a while and all I'm doing is like putting it into a formal language of archotropism okay. that explains why it would work. I just know uh, I've heard you before make remarks about like uh, say with like tax law mm -hmm. using taxes against your enemies say like it, in, intentionally targeting like I don't know yep. like I don't even know like a group I could oh, think yeah. of the DNC or some shit which I mean like I guess me I'm not it's one of those things that like uh, I don't know uh, yeah. it's like when someone kills a cop or something I'm like I don't necessarily support it but I'm not necessarily against it either like. <laughs> depending yeah, on the scenario know, but... <laughs> yeah i mean it depends on the scenario really but if they're being an ass clown and something happens i'm gonna mm -hmm. i mean but I, oh, i'm well, still not like i support depending on the situation maybe this isn't the best example but i'm trying to think well, of like, the, a scenario uh, where say when someone I kills like a pedophile or something i'm like yeah. or and on very limited evidence i'm like eh, like I, I don't know it's a it's a road i'm i'm maybe hesitant to go down but mm -hmm. uh I don't know. Even that's a bad example. I'm trying to think of a better yeah. one. But are you have well, any the, thoughts so far, Ace? Also, well, or go ahead. Sorry. I can explain. I can explain. Yeah. You know why I say okay. Well, you know we're going to have to use the state to also target the enemies because the, there's a problem with the left is that they're willing to burn their own cities to the ground in order to rule over the ashes, and you can't negotiate your freedom with someone like that. And therefore, I say okay. If our enemies have too much power. We're not going to be able to, to really negotiate properly with them, or they're going to expect such a high price that we can't possibly afford it. And the uh, and therefore there is a need to move them out of the way and replace them with you know preferably someone with a little lower of a time preference for power, like a right winger at, who can be uh, negotiated with, and you know, or uh, you know, or they will demand a lower price to say to say the very least, and. And I would say use the uh, use the state for that reason. If there's going to be like a property tax, and let's just say that I'm not able to ultimately negotiate for my own freedom, you know, I'm not, you know, for what even the right wingers won't do. Let's just say that they won't. I think they will because history has shown that. But you know, let's just say that they're not. Uh, you know, if there's going to be like taxes, I'd prefer my enemies to pay them, not me. You know, I, I would prefer. You know, if they're going to be, you know. Uh, you know, bad bad law. If there's going to be a public school, I would prefer they taught Rothbard and, and Mises instead of Marx. You know, and it's like, what, you know, well, if there is going to be sta statism and and that's inevitable, you know, then I would prefer it was a state controlled by me for for you know, it was of of the libertarians by the libertarians and for the libertarians, so mm -hmm. to speak. And that's maybe a little idealist idealistic, but. That's my preference. I, but I guess I, you know, I would yeah. still ultimately like to use it strategically to move the move the enemies out of the way, and replace them with uh, people who are uh, 
uh, less skilled negotiators. Let's just yeah. say. I mean, I, yeah, I guess my concern is once you start using the state as a club, I personally, I mean, I take the Sterner aspect where I don't necessarily morally have anything against it. It's more that like, I don't think practically it's going to work out for you. It's kind of a, not to play the same tired trope, but you know, the one ring thing where it's like, you know, like it kind of corrupts you or, or is a corrupting influence. So mm-hmm. you think, oh, I'll just use it for this. But it's like it doesn't necessarily end up working out that way. Uh, Ace, I'll let you you jump off. I, yeah. I bet you have a whole fuckload of thoughts. So uh, go ahead. Yeah. Probably so, better than mine. <laughs> so I, I definitely see your point. I definitely see what you're saying. Um, I, I, I would just like ask like um, – because I think – I actually think this is one of the disagreements we got uh, in about on Twitter originally – which is um, what? How do you define left wing? Is it more of a prescriptive definition in the sense you know, that I'd say if top a, fifty percent of people with a time preference for power? Okay. So, okay. So you know, it's, it's a, re- a real simple. You know, top fifty percent and bottom fifty percent, and then you know, obviously, you know, libertarians by that measure at the very, very bottom of the of, of it because we're like zero or near zero, mm-hmm. and you know, the average right wing is substantially higher. Okay. Okay. So it, it's more of a prescriptive definition in, in the sense that anyone that meets this criteria fits into. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. That that was one of the points I wasn't really clear on originally. Um. Uh. But but that that actually really helped. Um. I, I think. Um. So so with the taxation thing, right? So I actually think that I you can frame this in a way that some libertarians or some more libertarians might be able to get on board with it in the sense that. Um, it's not necessarily like speaking from just libertarian ethics, right? Um, it's not, it would not necessarily be unjust by libertarian principles to mm-hmm. take tax. Like if someone has been taxing you to take their taxes and use that as a quasi restitution, you know what I mean? So yeah. that you could also justify it like that. And um, I think that also you, it might not fit in completely, right? That might not be completely what you're saying. And I, um, but yeah. I do think it might be easier to get more libertarians on board with that idea if it was couched in kind of those terms. Yeah, of course. Uh, you know, and I, I, I see, you know, taxations as ultimately the same, the, ultimately the same, although they are, some are worse in principle. You know, if I was going to, you know, put a tax on, you know, having a loving family, I would mm-hmm. say that's a, probably a more evil tax than you know owning on owning a house or sure. making making a sale or, or making a sale, and you know some taxes are in, are in fact worse than others. Oh, and yeah. you know I would prefer you know if if I can only do you know shift a tax from one to from one form into another, I would prefer to you know shift it into a a more benign form. And you know that's a and again I, I'd always prefer to cut them. And, you know, obviously, you know, cut them and replace them with nothing. But, you know, life has, you know, a bunch of Sophie's choices. And we don't always have that ability to, you know, make things the way we want them to. And the, yeah. So, yeah, if I have to, you know, shift what I view as like, you know, something that's a good thing, like, you know, owning property. I think owning private property is a wonderful, good thing that, humans should be incentivized to do not punished for and you know if i can you know replace you know let's say i take away you know i cut that in half and then replace that lost revenue with a tax on you know big tech censorship i would view that as a as a positive thing you know because i don't want you know let's face it you know i think censorship is wrong i think and I think it's antisocial. I think it's corrosive to society, and it's something that's going to ultimately lead to 
violence, chaos, and instability, and ultimately bigger government and a, go a bigger government intervention. Like if they do a repeal or re or a uh, or maybe a, a revision of Section Two Thirty, I think that would probably make things worse. I would prefer to just put a tax on it. And, okay. then, and then cut an equal amount of income taxes or property taxes. Because, again, earning an income is a good thing. Humans should be encouraged to do that. Owning property is a good thing. Humans should be encouraged to do that. People should not be censoring each, each other. That's antisocial behavior. And it has, obviously, bad bad effects for us. Because <laughs> sure. we're, we're going to be the targets of it. It's not going to be the left. Well, sure. Um, I, I, I am curious when you said two things. Um, when you say you're going to tax the left, um, do you just mean like the the leftists who have institutional power? Because I think that was your definition. But on people's on the time, oh, they're, they're my top priority. Okay, I would say they're a higher priority than the leftists who don't. Okay, but uh, you know, I, all the same, you know, I, I'm you know, for if someone who doesn't have institutional power, you know, if they're I don't know, maybe taxing prostitution is better than prohibiting it. I would, I, you know, or maybe taxing heroin is better than prohibiting it. Oh, sure. I mean, I, yeah. I, I think just in like, yeah, I think you could make that case for sure. Yeah, yeah. that's a I pretty mean, easy one to make right. for me. Yeah, I mean, if you like take that these people are going to go to jail for years on their life versus lose some of their money. Yeah, I, I would rather they lose some of their money. Mm -hmm. Right. But that's not necessarily me endorsing, you know, the obviously yeah. the losing the money in the first place. Yeah. And, and again, I, you know, I do view people with power as a higher priority. Oh, sure. Yeah. Let me let me back up. There was something Ace touched on, and I think it was something that's been on my mind as well. And because there are a few critiques I have of this like thought space of the post-libertarian Praxian NRX, whatever you want to call it. There we go. Uh, yeah, you know whatever you want to use. Uh, and I do. I've been noticing, and I kind of want to go to kick it to Ace first to get his opinion. But I, I don't. I feel like there's a bit of a pretentiousness that's coming off, and. Uh, and I'm not saying this to be scolding. I'm saying this to like maybe to because I get what you guys are getting at, but for this the sake of having a more appealing message, maybe not even appealing, but a yeah. more clear message, this may behoove these people is the whole left right thing. And I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying the problem is there's so many people that come off of like, oh well, you know, you're you, we need like they they get really pretentious, like well, if you're not left, you're right, or or like, but it's like we forget mm -hmm. there's like a bajillion different fucking definitions of left and right. Yeah. Like, but depending on what you're using, I like, according to Konkin, I'm a leftist according to fucking, uh, the culture war. I'm a little bit more skewed to the right. According to your definition, I'm far on the right. So it's like, yeah. I do think it gets sloppy with terms. And I think being pretentious and being overly assertive kind of comes off wrong because you end up talking past each other. And I'm not saying you're wrong, but it's a matter of defining using your definitions so like uh and i think you may lose some people along the way who would be on the, with you because they immediately in their head go well i'm not what the fuck is he talking about and, because right. it's like so i i don't know if you have more to, to touch on that ace and uh i'll let like, yeah I, I mean i think that's a good point this is i i feel like as you said uh jose that there's a lot of different people who identify a lot of different ways with left right like originally if we're speaking just purely in politics like originally left wing just meant people who stand on the left side of the french parliament you yeah. know and right wingers for the opposite of that so there's a whole list of different definitions people use for left and right probably more than like even how people use capitalism or you know some of these other like contentious terms um there's all these different definitions so i feel like what jose said is is right where it's like 
I, I think like just from a rhetorical point of view, it, it, we should be careful about alienating potential people who could be allies maybe because it's like there are a lot of marginalized groups out there who might be considered or they might self-identify as left-wing but they might not be left-wing in the sense that you're you're uh, defining them as and i feel like using that rhetoric might turn them off i i think you're making fair points i i would say my you know my definition using time preference for power predicts pretty much all of the other definitions that Mm -hmm. people use right because that you know they're they're all trying to use uh the best language that they can to define the same con- idea and you know they're they're trying to put you know put you know a word fence around an abstract idea that's very tough to mm-hmm. uh that's very tough to use and i feel like the definition i've come up with using time preference for power you know does it exactly sure. because you know a lower time preference for power will give you the hierarchy that the uh uh, that the right really wants, it will also give you the egal, you know, a higher one. Uh, I'm sorry, lower one will give you the hierarchy that uh, the right wants, and a higher time preference will give you the equality and egalitarianism uh, that the left wants. It will also yeah. give you their, you know, their view of life of lifestyles, where a uh, a, a right winger will prefer a more traditional lifestyle because that's more hierarchical, and a left winger will prefer a, a more libertine or you know degenerate lifestyle. Yeah, because that's uh, you know more egalitarian and tends towards egalitarianism, and and one of the major causes of it. So uh, you know, I I do feel like the one I'm I I, of course I'm biased. I'm very biased. You know, I I do feel like the one I'm using is the it should be the one, but I recognize that it's not. And I I think I I'm demonstrating the pretentiousness right now. Uh, (laughs) So it's like I understand where where they're coming from. I do Mm -hmm. try to you know. Thank you for bringing it up early. I do try to always define left and right in terms of, uh, you know, here's exactly what I mean by that. By okay, that. yeah. And uh, I'm not even disagreeing with, like, your definition, but I, I'm merely saying that uh, I, I think we should account for that the fact that there are a lot of people who do not share that definition yeah. who might, like, be yeah. uh, be confronted with, like, what they see as abrasiveness, right, yeah. uh, from the from the start. Yeah, so I'm yeah. not even, like, con- uh, like um being contentious over your definition, but I just I just feel like there are a lot of marginalized groups out there, people who might self-identify as left, who if we really like uh, took this tact without explaining it properly, and I'm not saying you didn't explain it properly, I'm just, you know, yeah. giving an example here. Uh, I feel like it might turn a lot of potential allies off. I agree, I agree. Uh, yeah, I, I am, I, that's one, uh, besides the archotropism framework and the anti-tax and Mises GP and all that, one thing I am trying to push is my definition because I really do think it's the it, it's the one that hits hits the nail on the head, and but I recognize that the one I'm using is a like it's basically me and a few, handful of other people on Twitter. Right. Do you at all? But, do you at all worry about? I'm not necessarily saying this is the case, but it's kind of a thought I've had a little bit. Do you at all worry that your definition kind of slips into that which is bad is left and that which is good is right because it kind of. I'm not saying you're wrong. I feel I like this when you get into this hot, yeah, I'm, but that's kind of <laughs> getting at when you get into this preference territory, you get into very subjective territory. Like uh, it kind of like, well, what is high time preference? It, you know what I mean? It gets very, and I'm not saying you're wrong. I just, I, I guess it feels like it gets into a more vague territory. Like say at least something with like egalitarianism or uh, what's the opposite? I'm, I'm having a brain fart. Um, Hierarchy. Hierarchy, yeah. I, at least with that, that's more clear. That's a very clear definition. But when you're talking time preference, and I don't disagree either. Yeah. But I'm just saying you get into more vague territory because, yeah, like, for I example, mean, everyone knows Hoppe made comments about like the gays and like high time preference. 
and I don't know, maybe he's right, maybe he's wrong. I don't know. The, the pro- part of the problem yeah. of having a state is that we don't have a, f- a true free market to where we can actually see what really bears out. You know well, what I mean? Well, so it kind of skews yeah. that. The so. way that uh, Hoppe uses it, and same way I use it, it's production mm. versus consumption. I, yeah. you know, basically, it's you want to eat the one marshmallow an hour or two later. Mm-hmm. And basically, it's it's what what's your consumption rate and when is your consumption preference? That's what you're really talking about. Yeah. And when I say you and I will use this in my framework when I say, OK, that, you know, kinetic power is the consumption of uh, potential power and kinetic power is right. explicitly only coercive power and potential power is everything that isn't coercive. power. Yeah. And so the so when potential power is consumed. That is what, you know, that is what ma- makes it kinetic. So the, uh, you know, so when you were saying uh, at, you know, behaviors that are, you know, high time preference, they are consumptive behaviors and they are un- by nature, they're unproductive or net unproductive. And that's something that would be a, uh, you know, that's how I would use that. And so the, and, and then that kind of begs the question, well, what, you know, well, what is, you know, really consuming more than it's uh, taking out? And, you know, and that is, and I think that is where, you know, that, that discussion really leads because, okay, mm-hmm. well, is like sitting on the couch eating Cheetos, you know, unproductive. And I would say, well, no, people need a break, you know, every now and then maybe in excess, it gets to be that, you know, because you end up, you know, not earning enough money to make, to uh, meet your lifestyle needs. And so at that point you are consuming, you know, more than you're producing mm-hmm. at that point, I would say stop. And but you, but uh, uh, I would say, yeah. But like something like a uh, uh, let's let all right. Let's just kick, let's just kick the hornet's nest. Let's let's say you're uh, 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 like having a uh, oh, oh which God, there's two, there's so many good examples. Let let's say okay, let's say you're a prostitute or something like that, and you know you're you're basic. What you're doing is you're making a short sale on the value of you know female chastity or something like that because. Let's face it, a, uh, a pair of shoes that's had 50, 50 previous owners is going to be less valuable than, you know, a brand new. A, a key a, that a, opens many locks is awesome. A lock that's opened by many keys is useless. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it's like you're, you're putting a short sale on something that's like a multimillion dollar asset. And if you think about what that you know, value is worth in a, under a marital contract, because that's what marriage is, it's a contract. And if you, uh, you know, if you, but, if, you know, that's something that would probably be worth, you know, uh, you know, upper hundreds of thousands, you know, versus, you know, versus like, you know, lower eight figures and, ter- you know, if you're really, really good and you're taking that and you're selling it for, you know, like 400 bucks an hour or something like that, you know, that's, and that's assuming you're a really, really good one. And, you know, that you're not getting, you're, you're, you're really, it's like, you know, taking a, a multi-million dollar mansion and selling it for like a hundred thousand dollars. And that's pot, you know, you're squander you're basically you're squandering wealth that you could have had. And uh that's a uh you know that's increasing poverty, that's consuming more wealth than it is producing. And you know, I would say you're probably better off, you know, getting hitched to some rich dude with a fistful of cash. Um and so I, I mostly agree on on the subject of time preference, but would, wouldn't you say because um, even if they're engaged in like high time preference behavior, 
they're still like um, creating, um, you know, they're still showing their preference for that high time preference mm -hmm. behavior. So in some sense, couldn't you say that they themselves from their own subjective experience are gaining more than they're losing because of their voluntary choice? You know, you um, know what I mean? Even yeah, you could, but, but at the same time, it's like, okay, they're gaining that value now, but you know, yes. they're squandering an asset in, the, you know, what, what, you know, an yeah. asset in the future. Yes. And yeah. I, I do think that's where you get to the point where, okay, are you building up society's wealth this way or are you not? And I would right. say that no, probably this is, this is net unproductive. This is net consumptive or something or something like right. that. I, I, I was only speaking of a, from yeah. the subjective perspective. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, that I, I, whereas what I was saying, you know, I put a multi-million dollar figure on it because I was actually trying to put an an actual mm -hmm. value on it. Okay, these yeah. are what these things are actually worth on average. Right, and, right. Yeah, I see. Like, I see your point. Yeah, it's, it's like it's, you're putting the pussy on a pedestal, bro. It's like sure. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you can sell you can sell a, a multi-million dollar mansion for mm -hmm. you know a few hundred thousand dollars, and you know somebody else is getting a great deal. But you know, this is on the whole you know, making yourself poorer is something that should be discouraged. And, uh, and by the way, you have a right to do it. That doesn't mean you should. That, that's sure. kind of the point. Oh yeah, absolutely. That's yeah. You know, like, again, I, I'm not here to say, oh, we need to, uh, you know, tax the pants off prostitutes or actually tax the pants back on the prostitutes. But, <laughs> uh, you know, I'm not here to advocate sure. you know, per persecuting them. I'm not here. Right. To, I, I don't believe in prohibition, yeah. obviously, but uh, I'm going to, I am going to make an argument that, okay, you're hurting your own interests. And sure. Okay. That's fairly objective. Well, yeah. With time preference, I think people sometimes get confused because they associate time. When when some people talk about time preference, they think they're adding a moral value judgment to it or an ethical value judgment to it yeah. based on like the nap, and that's not necessarily the case. It's a more yeah. of an economic value judgment than it is. Yeah. yeah. Just most people take clips of Hoppe talking about the gays and yeah and immigrants and shit like that. So. <laughs> Yeah, and communists <laughs> and parasitism. Um, that is actually one question I, I did have because I've heard you talk about this before. Um, you you gave a, a, your definition of left and uh, right. Um, uh, can you give a definition of what you necessarily mean by degeneracy? Is it just high high time preference? Uh, yeah, well, it comes from the well, it comes from the word to degenerate. You're degenerating mm -hmm. society. Right. Back yeah, in, degenerating civilization back into barbarism, because that barbarism is a function of poverty. It really is because now you're having to fight over ultra scarce resources that, you know, are not in nearly high enough production. And this is why, you know, all wars are basically trade wars. They're fights over resources. Yeah. And if you, uh, and if you put them in that context that some people have, a, you know, who have a higher time preference for power, they're going to be the ones who are much more likely to go after uh, scarce resources, particularly if those resources are very scarce and they're the ones who personally need them. And so if you're, if you're bringing society closer to that, uh, there's a pro you know, that's a problem that, you know, really ought to be corrected. And I don't know, maybe you have the right to bring yourself closer to, uh, you know, the jungle method of, you know, resource allocation. But I, I really think that that's something that we as a society should actively discourage. We should always be encouraging the productive method of resource re reallocation. Sure. I, I don't think anything you said should be, you know, um, contrary, you know, libertarians should not freak out about anything you've said so far, in my opinion, because I think, yeah. I, I think, you know, it's very similar to Hoppe because Hoppe, you know, I, Hoppe gets uh, misconstrued a lot in his work, like what he's saying. He like, like people think he's making some, you know, moral value judgment when he's just speaking purely on practical economic value. 
Also, yeah, because people are fucking retards and monkeys. I know. <laughs> the problem is he's too based, and he was based ahead of his time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I, I just want because, like, I, why I wanted to uh, like ask your definitions because I think I like I think I agree mostly with you. But I, I think like uh, for a lot of libertarians out there, especially they they get this uh, idea that like like especially like so for most libertarians, like I understood what you were saying when you were talking about power. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But most a lot of libertarians when they took when they hear power, they only think of state power. And well, they put the moral judgment on it, right? You know, yes, I, that's right. And they put, uh, and when I say that, okay, your high time preference behavior makes you fundamentally less free, and they, and well, of course, that because they say, uh, you know, freedom is good, and they're the ones, in fact, putting the moral judgment on it. And mm-hmm. you know, I mean, in fact, I usually agree with their moral judgment, but it's it's that uh, you know they, they the reason they react so ba- so uh, uh, emotionally is that you know what I'm saying is uh, you know your your behavior is less good and it's in, it's not in line with your own values and you ought to behave in line with your own values and they sure. want to have that and that cognitive dissonance is too much for them this kind of brings a perfect segue for another point we're talking about the whole thick versus thin and i was thinking today uh, about this and uh this whole concept and this is kind of like where the whole wealth power and influence concept kind of comes in because this is kind of the idea of well make yourself better like I mean, like, it's kind of like how you say how uh, weakness invites aggression. So don't be a weak little bitch. Like, Very it's much. really that simple. Like, and and people will try to be like, you know, oh, just get just get richer or whatever the fuck. And like, or make more money, bro. It's like, we're, we're, we're Austrians. We know, like, wealth isn't necessarily only monetary. So, right. you know, whatever you hold to be value or people hold to be valuable, increase that. So whether that means be more in shape, be faster, be be more influential, be, have more money, have, you know, whatever. So th- th- I feel like that's kind of where this whole thick versus thing. Anything that has value. You kind of tie into economics. It's kind of what it is in a sense. So I mean, I'll let you guys go. Cause I know Ace wanted to talk. That was one thing he brought up. So I'll let yeah. you guys go. So I think we should also like for the audience, we should talk about what thin versus thick libertarianism is. Cause I know a lot of libertarians are like, don't know. Um, so thin libertarianism is essentially just uh, the belief that uh, – so there's a couple different types. Some people think thick versus thin is a, like an ethical argument. I actually think it's more of a strat- strategic argument personally. Some people think it's definitional too. So that's, that's yeah. another thing. We talk that's, about what, that's what I mean. Yeah. yeah. Okay, go ahead. Sorry, my bad. Didn't you oh, no, no, no. You're fine. Um, so thin libertarianism would be people who uh, mainly use libertarianism to mean – uh, self-ownership and the non-aggression principle right and and that's just it they they don't usually when they're yeah, arguing the for libertarian that comes from that yeah yeah they, so they they uh, essentially just talk about how well that's it and you know all these other cultural issues we're we're just going to remain agnostic towards this right uh thick libertarianism which is often associated with the left and i think it gets a i, I think some libertarians dismiss it, some like right libertarians would dismiss it because it, a lot of thick libertarians tend to be left libertarians but Hoppe is a good example of a thick right libertarian, right? So thick libertarianism is essentially saying that, okay, you have the center structure, which is the self, which is self-ownership and the non-aggression principle. That is still there. But when we're conveying this message, uh, we need more than just the nap and self-ownership because most people do not just look at moral, like um, their more their moral lens is not just self-ownership in the nap for most people, right? Even after you've explained to them why 
uh, self-ownership is a more moral system, they still have cultural beliefs that they don't let go of or they, they just have a hard time to let go of. Now, maybe maybe you think that's a, a bad thing. They should let go of them. Maybe you don't. You know, that, I, I, that is up for discussion. Um, but I think if we want to convince people, if we want to bring more people in, I do think we do have to couch our libertarian arguments in cult, with, within the cultural framework that most people exist in. Right. And now I'm not I'm not even saying that, you know, it's uh, you, if you're a leftist and you want to do that, I, I think, you know, you should try to do that. I'm like as far as strategy goes, I I am agnostic on strategy in the sense that I, I don't have the knowledge to say that, OK, I'm positive that this strategy will work better than this one. I would rather let them play out in a in almost like a, a decentralized collective in some sense. You know what I mean? Yeah. With like thick movements, thick libertarian movements in other areas and see what see what works there yeah 50 laboratories of democracy yeah right <laughs> and uh yeah the, I, I, well i always say say that uh you know good laws are are custom tailored to the people that they govern and yeah and it, my criticism of thin libertarian because i would say as a praxian i've left the thin libertarianism behind praxianism if it is libertarianism it is a thick very thick version yeah. oh yeah and the uh you know because all these laws that we have, you know, basically, okay, it go the order of operations always goes religion, culture, politics, you know, law. Right. And basically, and by politics, I mean the political system. Are you like a monarchy, a democracy, or private property society? And the uh, and basically, this is the custom tailoring order because the all all these three feed into each other. Your religion feeds into your culture. Your culture feeds into your politics your political system, I should say, and your political system feeds into what, you know, what exactly the laws are. And uh, the problem with uh, thin libertarianism is that it's kind of an orphan. You know, it's, mm -hmm. it's with the one. And yeah. it, it doesn't descend from, it doesn't have any grandparents, you know, parents or grandparents or great grandparents, you know, it kind of right. is just there. And it's a, it's a legal system in search of a people that, yeah. that are just not custom tailored to it at all. And, yeah. And when you understand that, you know, your your legal system is the consequence of, you know, these uh, these upper three levels, your your uh, your uh, political system, your, uh, your your cultural system and your uh, religious system, uh, then, you know, that uh, then you, you really understand, OK, this is like the end of the waterfall. You know, you can't right. put the water back up there. And this uh, this is the end of the stream. This is the end of the it's the end of the road. And right. Uh, you, you know that, and so if you're trying to say, "Oh, we're all, you know, we are the legal system. We're above this," like, well, no, you're not. You're you're, you're nothing, and you are you're, you're a legal system in search of a people, a culture, and a, a creed. Well, right. One way to couch this, I think, uh, I, I mean, I was reading uh, Emma Goldman's. I forget the name of the piece, but the the whole concept is the minority, the majority. So, like in in her that in that essay, she's talking about how the minority is the only thing that ever gets anything done. And once an idea enters the majority, it kind of gets vague and then kind of corrupted somewhat. And I think thin libertarian kind of has that issue. Libertarianism, I think, definitionally, libertarianism is thin. Yeah. The thing I, is, you yeah. you gotta you need Agreed. to find your thick. You need to find the thick, yes. and you need to work within it because whether you're wrong or not, it's kind of like well, you know, I mean, I was just did uh, read Anatomy of State again, and I did the episode with. Uh, Dave on it and at the end we kind of came we're talking about how like the last paragraph is talking about how like Rothbard admits we don't know what the fuck we're doing like we don't know the correct uh, tactics like this is mm -hmm. this is uh, the chore for our generation is to figure that the fuck out yeah uh, like that's that's our work and, and, and if I can just oh sorry go, go ahead. ahead go ahead and I was oh. just gonna say if you want to do that you need to 
kind of create a minority. If we're existing in this like thin libertarian space yeah. and, oh, it's all okay, you know, whatever, blah, blah, blah. I'm not saying it's not okay. I'm just saying you need to find your thick libertarianism and work within yeah. that avenue because that way you allow the minority to do what it's supposed to do, just in the whole minority-majority divide that yeah. Emma Goldman's talking about. But go ahead. And I, I, I was, I, I identified as like a thin libertarian for a long time because I, I kind of viewed it as more of like a definitional thing for a long time. Whereas it was like, oh, well, I just see libertarianism, the, the ethics of it, distilled down to it is self ownership and that, and I still believe that. But mm -hmm. I think strategically, thin or I'm sorry, thick libertarianism is so much superior. Like strategically, to mm -hmm. if you want to advance the movement, you have to couch these ideas of self ownership and the map within like the framework of other cultural beliefs and those cultural beliefs can help you attract more people in because if you immediately um, if there, if most people have a cultural sway one way or the other and you're saying well no that doesn't matter right just strategically you're turning those people off immediately you know what i mean yeah. so uh, it, it makes sense to have like um um multiple like groups of thick libertarians trying their best to see okay what is going to attract the most amount of people and which one is going to be the most conducive to liberty itself in the long run yeah i mean i mean if you're uh, you have to understand okay well where does the, this uh libertarianism fit in uh, you know what what culture does it fit in with what creed does it fit in with and because i understand that that this has to be the consequence of these higher th of these higher order things and you know when you have a uh if, you, if it doesn't fit into one you know, it, then it can't be the logical consequence because whatever is the logical consequence of those higher things is going to outcompete it and force it out. Right. And if you're in a majority society where people think slavery is okay, obviously your principles is not going to, you know, it's not going to do anything. So it's if just you're like, in a society where ma ma majority of people think, you know, robbing your neighbor to feed your own consumption is okay. That's oh, right. That, yeah, that, that's right. A legal system that can, that can work. You're all going right. to be slaves to it. Basically. Yeah. You're all right. going to be in prison. So... What's the point? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If the people can't keep the law, it's a bad law. You know, it's right, like, like right. drug prohibition. You know, it's an idiotic law because yeah. people cannot be expected to, you know, to abide by it. Yes. And, you yeah. know, and uh, adding like drug or alcohol or, you know, sex work prohibitions, you know, people cannot possibly be expected to be moral enough and self-restrained enough not to partake in these things. That's why these are bad laws. And you know, you, you should tailor the laws to the moral, the moral level of the people. And the, and the nap is kind of like the, the biggest one because, you know, people are incentivized to, to be aggra aggressive and, ha and to have the, this aggressive order because it, it pays them. And, right. you know, it's like I, 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 they should have the self-restraint not to, but they don't. And they haven't, you know, for like 6,000 years. It's right. like it's you know I mean it's gotten better over time. We've gotten away from the barbarian me method, but you know we we've managed at this point after like you know fourteen hundred years of Christian progress, we've managed to get them off of the private aggression, which was normal back pretty normal back right. then for all of human history. That of course I have a right to privately aggress against my against my neighbor. Why not? Right. <laughs> and right. Uh, we've gotten them off of that. We've gotten them to only the public method now. You know, mm -hmm. Method. And uh, you know, we're still working on it, but we're we're gonna have to work a little yeah. harder. But I mean this thing takes time. Descriptively, I, I completely agree with like someone like uh, Max Stirner, right? Like the only rights descriptive like in a descriptive sense, the only rights you have are the ones you can actually defend, right? Yeah. That's just like that's an obvious like truism practically. It, it, it's yeah. like like if, if someone comes here. up 
Right, <laughs> exactly. If someone comes up to so murder me, ass mad by that though. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know they do because it, it, well, Pisteur is not saying might is right; he's just saying might is right. Yes. He's, he's just like so certainly might is right, <laughs> right? Yeah, right, right. So it's like if someone comes to murder me and I talk about well, you he's can't do that comma. because of the nap. <laughs> oh, yeah. you, right, you can't do that because of the nap. It's obviously insane, right? No, that, that's yeah. Can't do so, it because of the Constitution. No, right, exactly. It's the same yeah. argument. It's exactly the same argument. So ultimately, you like, like it's always easy for me to say, right? Well, well, the end goal is obviously getting rid of the state, that right? But that's not even really a strategy. But obviously, once we reach a point where uh, the cost of these people committing their aggression is higher than the profit of it, then you're going to start seeing some differences. Right? So I, I like I like using the ah is uh, to describe Sterner and natural rights. Or egoistic rights and natural rights, because egoistic mm -hmm. rights are just is, and then right. uh, natural rights are what ought to be. So yeah. like, exactly. And, yeah. So that's the best way to put it, in my yeah. opinion. So yeah. And there's no and way. Yeah. And once you accept that that's reality, it's like you kind of all you automatically move over to like a, a thick libertarianism, yes. right, you know, right and a, and a right wing version of, at that, because that you know the, there is no uh, left wing. Uh, you know, there's no sense, okay, if you're having a higher time preference for power, there's no sense in which that's going to be compatible with the nap, which is like zero. <laughs> and so if you want to have a nap society, you have to move to the, you know, to the right, even, you know, even if you're not using my definition, like just a cultural definition, they're the only ones who can do it. And that that's why it's the only ones that we should really even bother making the appeal to. Because let, let's face it, they're the, they're the only ones with the, uh, the culture that descends from Christianity, which has that, you know, that whole, you know, love your neighbor as yourself sort of thing, which is, you know, basically if you, if you ha have that as the greatest commandment in Christianity, uh, you know, that's 100% com compatible with the nap. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. So it's like, it's like, that's the, you know, that's where all of that descends from. And that, you know, if you're coming from the left, which has like, I don't even know what they believe, you know, wokeism and, you know, social justice at this point, and you know hyper egalitarianism there's no possibility of that being compatible with what we sure. want i do think it depends on the type of left and I, like going by what they what they, they themselves would define as left because i, I I'm, not, I'm not sure i completely agree that it only a hyper right-wing thick libertarianism can work but i'm not i'm also not going to fight you because I, I i don't have enough evidence to support it i i i would on that i would be like I, i'm willing just to see what happens right yeah um I, I do think it's interesting um, uh, when we're talking about like how cultural would reflect the law. And I actually think libertarians uh, um, don't account for this, but like there's actually ways in which this could happen in a libertarian sense too. Right. Which is like, if we were in a completely anarchist society and you had a right wing culture and you had a right wing, like legal system that was compliant with the NAP, you would still, you could still see something like, let's say, um, um, you know, in, within this right wing culture, you would not have maybe um, mediators or arbiters or what, whatever you want to call them yeah. um, arbitrate certain disputes or protect certain people's rights within mm -hmm. that society. They would just be like, yeah, well, you know, we're, we won't, we, we legally wouldn't aggress against you, but we're also not going to protect you at all. And that could be, you know, that could be influenced by their cultural leanings too. So you could also, that you would, I think you would see that play out in certain areas within like an anarchist society. Potentially. Yeah. I, I, you know, again, the thing I would ask is because, you know, the, 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 the one piece of thick libertarian, the, the, by the way, this is something that though Bishop has mentioned before that we're not going to get to a, uh, a more libertarian society without a Christian revival. 
And sure. because let's face it, none of us really knows how to make a religion. So we're kind of stuck choosing uh, between them or not. And sure. it's like, we've been doing the whole atheism thing for a while, but what we've seen is that people are still monkeys and you know, the, the monkeys will try to create their own woke religion and this doesn't work out well. And we still haven't quite mastered how to do that the right way yet. So we're, and uh, if anyone knows how to make a much better low time preference religion than Christianity, by all means, that is like I, I'd love to. I'd love to to hear it and see how that spreads, uh, but uh, I I don't have a solution for that. Like, as right. as, as the right. resident atheist here, which I don't know if Ace is or not, but uh, I kind of agree with you, huh? Yeah, I'm agnostic. Okay, but well, I'm agnostic. I'm an agnostic atheist because okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, but, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I just go by atheist because I don't like fiddling around with <laughs> with the, the terms. But whatever, Emma. But like, I kind of agree with you because uh, one epiphany I had uh, a while back is, and I've said this before, is people always talk about like you know when they with the atheist theism debate was they always for some reason bring it to the founders and be like, well. The, you know, the religious people were like, well, the founders were religious and the atheists would be like, well, no, they weren't. And it's just a stupid back and forth. But it's like, you guys are missing the point. Yeah. The point is the people were religious. Uh, and whether the founders were or not doesn't really kind of matter. If, it, if anything, it kind of proves the point I'm getting at more if they were mm -hmm. atheists. That it's kind of like, because I mean, me as an atheist, I kind of don't agree with religion. But I mean, I can see the utility of it. Yeah. So like if you had these atheists kind of in a sense reigning on high while they kind of let the peasants believe, you know, hey, here's this yeah. fucking doctrine that says do good things and don't do bad things, then, you know, like, fucking, that's dope. Right. I would hazard, my biggest thing, and I don't know, I'd like to hear Ace's thoughts on this, I would hazard against what I've been calling religious maximalism, which I've been seeing yeah. from this. And, because I also think, like, people that think like me, like, why the fuck yeah. would we be like, you must be really, or like... Yeah. Cause like, and I have seen some of that where it's like, I don't necessarily, my thing is like, whatever I have to use to get you to the end goal I want you to be is what I'll do. I would actually prefer mm -hmm. me personally, because I think it's more logical. I would prefer everyone was just a fucking, you know, uh, abided by the nap, wasn't religious, whatever. But I understand that that's not what, like it's, it, there's utility in a prepackaged ideology that kind of sort of gets you to where I want you to be. And while I think it's illogical to do that, and I think that can cause future problems, it's kind of like, well, it's a shortcut to get you to where I want you to go for now. And whatever, we can fucking work on your logic later. I kind of don't give a fuck. Mm -hmm. it, it's also <laughs> it also goes back to like the Sterner thing, right? It, I, like I, I think it's important to distinguish between, right? I don't think you're saying, and correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think you're saying that uh, libertarianism is only ethically consistent. It can only ethically be consistent with Christianity, but that it, it like Christianity has utility in getting us there. Yeah, I, I, I basically agree with that. Is that you know if there's some hypothetical other uh, religion that mm -hmm. you know fits in better with the nap, that would be a, that would be good. That would suffice, but it doesn't exist. Okay. Yeah. Um, but no, that's all. Like yeah. None of us knows how to create it. Sure. Um, and I would you know, point out with the yeah you know, with the founders, like every single last one of them agreed that. The constitution that they wrote was designed for a Christian people, and it was wholly unfit for people who were not Christian, as we're seeing right now. And, uh, and that's the, you know that this is why I say, hey, you know that you know when conservatives talk about wanting to conserve the constitution, I say, you guys are stupid. This is not a, we, we don't live in a Christian uh, in a Christian nation anymore. And uh, and it was that you know this thing was designed for a people who were overwhelmingly yeah. like really hard hardcore Protestant Christian, and that's just not what we have today.
Right. Um, not even close. And we're, you know, we're far more non-Christian than we are Christian. Yeah. So it's like, okay, we shouldn't be conserving a constitution that was not designed for, you know, the people that we have today. We should always have laws that are designed for the people that we have with the culture that we have with the politics that we have. And because, yeah, again, it's like you, the, these things are consequential. The religion feeds down into the culture, which feeds down into the political system, which feeds down into the laws. And, you know, it's like you can't uh, just, you know, put it, you know, it's like trying to put a square peg into a round hole. It just, you can't. It doesn't right. work. That's not the way it's supposed to work. You know, it would be like trying to, like, if we were in a society where, like, slavery uh, was, like, just rampant and we just said, okay, you know, slavery is bad. It's like, okay, well, if um, the majority of people yeah. believe in that society that slavery is good, what's that law going to do? Like, you just, like, it's a, it's an insurmountable task at that point, right? So, pretty much. And I, and I think you, um, when you say like, because um, I, I feel like I, I'm I'm looking at this from like how most libertarians will hear that, and I feel like when you say like laws should reflect the culture of the people, you're you're saying that in the sense that that makes the most sense, right? Like that just like log logically that makes the uh, most that sense. actually creates the most liberty too. Oh, because okay. Again, like if it, you know, I use the example of like drug prohibition that if you have people who are at like moral level, you know, a and you put mm -hmm. the bar up here. It's like, all right, well, now everyone under here is the is in the prison population. So right. it's like that, you know, you, you don't want that everyone in real heart, you know, real gen pop. We are all in gen pop, obviously, but you know, we just don't call it that. It's an open air prison. And uh, but if you want them in real gen pop, it's like, well, cr go ahead, start creating laws that people have that you have no real expectation for people to follow. It's like, even if you don't think what you're doing is you know, the law itself is moral, you know, as long as it's within, you know, it's like can they be reasonably expected to follow it? Yes or no. And, you know, because you don't want a, a prison, a slave population, a real slave population, because that's how you get it. Right. So it's like, you know, that, making custom tailoring laws to the moral level of the people is how you keep people free. Yeah. And so to touch on that whole example, it's kind of like, if you just say slavery, slavery is bad. But if now, if you can somehow... It, inoculate that into like uh maybe inoculate, inoculate something right there, but if you can bake that into fucking uh into religious terms of like well if you look at this passage it says that god says that you know you shouldn't be you shouldn't you know do slavery or the fuck if you can get them to buy into that it's kind of like well okay if, if you have to say well god said and that's what we're if that's the magic words i have to say to get <laughs> you to fucking come to liberty i don't give a fuck like right. that's kind of where i'm coming from so like i get the utility and i know there are a lot of people that are like I mean, it's kind of like the the uh, the fucking bell curve thing with when yeah. it comes to religion. There are people who are it's almost like the hyper smart uh, end up being religious, but then also the really dumb. And then like yeah. a lot of the midwits. I'm not necessarily calling myself a midwit. There, I feel like they're. I do feel like I'm the upper end of midwit. But uh, <laughs> but like well, I mean, uh, it, the irony is that the God of the Bible would at least agree with what you're saying. Yeah, because so, I mean, he he's right there for like 1500 <laughs> years, really trying to beat it into their heads. Like you know what a. Uh, what kind of you know, morality he believes in, and they're just not getting it. <laughs> yeah. And so you can say God says it all day long. Even God knows that doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. But it's it works a lot better than like, well, if you look at these ethical principles and blah 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 blah. It, sometimes it works better, <laughs> especially yeah. if you're dealing with a religious people. So I mean, it it is what it is. Um, Ace, let me ask you: Do you have any other critiques of? archotropism and really i just i guess we can just open this up to like this general thought space at large i feel like we've kind of touched on just about all of them but if there's anything else that you can think of that's been sitting on your mind let me know i mean 
I, I think, well, I think it's kind of uh, what I've said before. I, I feel like um, it, it, like I, I generally agree with your thesis, right? I, I generally uh, agree with that. I, I do think the, the uh, rhetorical, so there can be like a rhetorical hazard in, yeah. in using some of the terms, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. In the same way that uh, like, you know, as we said, in the same way that we want, uh, you want laws tailored to the culture. In some sense, I think uh, using definitions tailored to how most people use the definitions might also um, you know, work out like that. Cause I feel like if, if you're just using a definition that, and this applies to like, uh, you know, even definitions I would use. It, right. So, um, but I feel like if you use that, you, you end up ri you risk alienating a lot of people who might otherwise uh, be potential allies or, or maybe they're not, but you know, we don't know until we try in some yeah. sense. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I, I say, yeah, you're, you're right. And I do want to also start accelerating that self-segregation mm -hmm. yeah. into left and right and i do feel like you know alienating the proper people is is is, is, is i'm alienating more of the bad kind that i really don't want than sure. the good kind i consider that a net positive and so and i think that's the way we're always we're going to end up having to work towards this thing is you know marginally one little bit at a time and as long as we're making you know progress we'll be then we'll get there and yeah. So it's like the, the, I use the terms I use as part of that acceleration because, you know, we need to, you know, that one that like the biggest self uh, acceleration I think we need to have is a self segregation in the, into blue states with virtually all, you know, uniform, uh, you know, liberals and lefties and then, you know, and then righties all in the other states. And I think, you know, that is the best case sure. scenario we can make for a real like hardcore divorce of the of the country because right 100%. now the, the laws we have right now they don't work well with either either culture and they really ought to right you know I, it's like i feel for the i feel for the lefties having to live under you know you know laws that are far closer to the right than they want and and obviously as a right winger i don't want anything to do with the left's laws and right you know and i'm i'm sure we would be and you know, accelerating that difference to where it's, you know, it's just all lefties living in California and on the West Coast and all righties, you know, living, you know, in the middle of America and, you know, maybe the Southeast. Oh, I, that, yeah, I 100% agree. It's like, yeah. you know, it, it, it should be the easiest sell of all time, right? Yeah. That should be, it's like, okay, would you rather have a bad roommate or a bad neighbor? You know, pretty much. Yeah. So it's like, like the idea that people should be locked in this polity where they hate each other and they're never going to get what they want by definition yeah. because of the nature of power itself. Um, yeah. It's this is an like, arranged marriage. No right. one has agreed to this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> right. Back, exactly. Back up Ace's point though, earlier a little bit, I will say you're, I actually entirely agree with you and you know this full well, uh, uh, Pops, because we've talked about this, that, that this is, you're basically uh, saying the same things I've said, which is kind of the self-segregation. But obviously, we can refine this. And I, me reading through the Anarchist Handbook right now, I'm seeing a lot of these different people that we would call socialists, leftists, whatever, that they are essentially describing the exact same thing but coming from different terms. And like, and there's a lot of that. So I do think there is some – I do – I'm not saying stop. Not that you would, but I'm not saying stop what you're doing. But mm -hmm. to maybe in some ways refine terms or be a little bit more conscious, I think is a good way to go forward because there are legit fucking like ANSOCs out there that are like basically when you if you sat down and talked to them, they're describing ANCAP. They're that's exact 
but just by different terms. We'll just sit there and argue like retards about some fucking definition. It's like, dude, mm-hmm. we're describing the same mm-hmm. fucking thing. Like, use whatever word you want. I don't give a shit. Like, and there's a lot of that. I mean, obviously, there's minor differences here and there, but there's a lot of overlap. So I do think there is some, and I do think more, more, you are right. More often than not, you are, you know, um, shooing away the right people and pulling in the, the, uh, the right people yeah. as well. So yeah, but I mean, there's, like there's obviously you can maximize that. You can maximize that, uh, effect, you know? Yeah. So and I would say the vast majority of, you know, uh, you know, and cap anarchists out there are and caps, not and socks. Mm. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, there's, I, I don't, I don't know if there's a few dozen of them or, you know, probably more than that, but, you know, the, uh, I, I don't really want the Antifa types, you know, the, the real, the real socks. you know, I don't really want them here. You know, it's like, I, I'm fine with pushing them away. Get them out. Yeah. Get, yeah, get the fuck I, out. I was using an example is that, yeah. that a lot more basically describing the same thing. Obviously the, the modern day definition of sock is not the same thing that fucking, uh, you know, Prudhon or fucking, uh, or, or I don't know, uh, say Tucker was in Even the Tucker, describing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but assuming those people exist out there, some of the rhetoric that we've been using today may scare them away when it's like, dude, we're describing the same fucking thing. And I'm not saying you're wrong because it is a numbers game. It's like, you know, mm-hmm. like, but it's just a matter of maybe if being more conscious with rhetoric, we can be. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not it, that's what all of this, this whole critique, this whole episode has been mostly semantics. But I yeah, do think it is right. kind of good to kind of, you know, I don't know, what's the word I'm looking for? To, you know, I don't know, pull your put put your shit together better in a in a, in a more direct yeah. way. So. Be more nuanced. Yeah. And so. yeah. Yeah. But. People also be better at understanding nuance. So it's like, yeah, yeah, that's true. Well, yeah. it's um, like, gosh, you can get better, but yeah, it, it, it's, it's almost like the uh, was it uh, uh, smart yeah smarter uh, rats and smarter uh, uh, mouse traps or better mouse uh-huh. traps, smarter rats. Right. And I, I feel like you know you can get better at nuance and people can get worse at understanding it. Right. Um, I, yeah, I, I feel like the, the actually the crux of this is the crux of the disagreement in general, like not just not just here, but it's not even a disagreement, it's semantic, but it, it's it's um, end of like libertarians out on Twitter uh, would be like, you know, this is the difference between like a prescriptive definition and a descriptive definition, like a descriptive definition would be like leftists who just call themselves leftists. And that's, that's what leftist means. I call myself leftist, you know what I mean? And then you have uh, with like a prescriptive definition like that. And, and we talked before how, you know, uh, uh, prescription doesn't really do well when met up with reality, right? So like, like if you, like if someone comes to my door and tries to hurt me, I can't just prescribe some moral thing and, and convince them that that's wrong. So I think you're kind of good. I, I've re- I'm repeating myself, but I think you're kind of going to like run up into that problem. That That's what I would see. But I, I'm not disagreeing with your theory, but I'm just saying, I think that you might. Uh, yeah, it's presentation, disagree yeah. rather than content. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, mean, I really think the archotropism framework, it's hard to disagree with mm-hmm. because it's so logical. It's, yeah, you know, it's the, it's basic besessianism. There's no, there, there's no part of it they really should disagree with, except that when you get to some of the consequences of it, it's like, oof, people don't like that because they've been saying the opposite for quite a lot longer. And that causing, it's just, a, it's a matter, it's a, a kind of what you mentioned earlier of a consequence fallacy where they have, mm-hmm. Okay, well, if your if your thing is true, then that has these awful consequences, and we can't possibly have that. Uh, like, well, yeah, we can actually, <laughs> and uh, that's that that's one I've got. That's one one I've gotten repeatedly is like, okay, well, if state is inevitable, then you know, what are we all doing here? It's like, good question. 
I mean, I would add to that, uh, not to get a whole off a side tangent, me being the agorist, I do kind of agree that the state is inevitable, but it doesn't mean you have to exist within it. I agree. So, like, because the state, there, because I mean, you have to understand what the state is. The state is just, you know, it's People. the the superstition of, or the, uh, what's it, superstition of authority, or whatever the fuck, or yeah. of coercive authority, and need to be more specific. So, like, there will always be someone somewhere who, you know, feels like they're entitled to rule over someone else. And then yes. also on the inverse, there will be someone who feels like someone else is entitled to rule over them. So, yes, I will always be saying, no it's, it's, I always equate it to racism. Uh, right. It gets a little clunky when you confuse the two because then, but, but anyways, but like racism will always exist. It's just a matter of like to what extent and like, you know, like, in, or, or what is its effect? And, you know, obviously, you know, coercive, yeah. non coercive. You look at like there was definitely coercive racism at some point. Now there's, and, you know, now it's kind of retreating into non coercive racism, like whatever. But I mean, now we're going to get a little confusing terms, but you get, you get my point. Yeah. And so, like, I know a lot of people will, a lot of people say stuff like, well, the state will always exist, so we need to do this. It's like, yeah, but you don't have to exist within it. Like, Agreed. yes, the state will always exist, but that doesn't – and it's kind of – I know Ace talks on this a lot when it comes to, like, anarchy yeah. and people people are like, oh, well, there's never been an anarchy state. And, like, there has, for one. But, like – but even then, it's kind of like, yeah, but there have been pockets of areas that weren't state-controlled. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or even then, within a state-controlled area, you can orient your life to be less state-controlled. Like – you know what I mean? Me like, it's not you, the zero one. So. Let me ask you as the resident ag- agorist, uh, if, you know, if I like, let's say, you know, cause what, one of the things I really want to do with, you know, Mises GOP is convince the, uh, the state that it is in their best interest to IPO the thing and privatize it. And, you know, is there anything in agorism that's that, that, uh, would, you know, prevent you from being like, Hey, I'd like to buy a few of those shares for voting. And, you know, is there anything in agorism that, you know, prevents you from interacting with a uh, uh, or being a part of a private state? As in, like, this is a, a private, pro- you know, I am the state of my own private property. And- I mean, if you're def- if it, by that, you mean you've like bought an area. I guess it depends what you mean. Yeah. I mean, also, when I say I'm an agorist, I also am mm-hmm. saying that, like, that's what best describes my line mm-hmm. of thought. I'm yeah. not that doesn't mean that, like, if you, like you describe theory, something right? that would somehow go against what Konkin said that me, because I describe myself as an a- agorist, I have to immediately be like, oh, oh no way. Like, yeah. it's just it's just the closest thing to my... So I'm not... It's not like I'm, like, religiously married to Konkin's thoughts. He's just... Yeah. He's so far, he's been the thinker that has best described what I but think. Like, I mean, you understand sense. the theory yeah. of it, though. Uh, you know, much, yeah. much better than I do. I, I mean, like, it would really have to depend on what you mean. That, that would go against? I mean, it would depend on what you mean, I guess. Because yeah. he he really wasn't too entirely. I mean, I have to reread it. I mean, I. Yeah. But like, I if you're talking about like a private state, which I mean, at that point, if you're talking about a private state, it's not even really a state at that point. It's kind of almost just yeah. like, hey, here's my private property. Well, I mean, right. It's the monopoly you know? of aggression on its own <laughs> yeah. territory. So, but I mean, how is that any different from private property? Like, if I yeah, exactly. my own property. So, like, yeah, well, I mean, if especially I, I think, if you bought it. But go ahead. Sorry. I I think there is a difference between like private property and a state because I I think that um one of the ways that the state differentiates itself through its monopoly on violence is actually through like like if you have a piece of property and you if you had a monopoly on violence to, uh, in it that means that legally speaking you could do whatever you want to a person on your property so I think there is a little bit of difference I I think I I would use the term if on your property you have a monopoly on use of it right so you can exclude other people but with the state yeah. if you, if you if if you framed it in the sense that uh, you had a monopoly on violence on the property, I think that would imply that you had a right to do whatever you wanted to a person standing on your property. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's uh, 
quite accurate uh, in a libertarian sense. So I do, I would make that distinction. Well, I mean, yeah, obviously, the, did the person come onto your property with a contract or not? You know, do, right, do they right. have a right to be there? Yes or no? If right. not, then you have a, a, the, every right to remove them. Yes, and yes. That, but, but yeah, that, I mean, that's the basic idea that I want to, you know, start moving us all towards is because once you have a private for-profit state, it makes the negotiation very simple. Uh, because, you know, it's, it's, I mean, it's really easy to say that, Okay, you know, if if this is a for if, if the state has a profit motive, a, an explicit profit motive, it's very simple to say here ten years of taxes or something like that, or fifteen years of taxes, and let me go. You know, I want my own prop, pro, you know, private property carved out of your territory, and you're not, you know, and this is the end. Uh, this is a buyout clause or something like that, and that makes it a lot. That makes the negotiation quite a lot simpler, and. This is kind of that. So that's what I, I've been wanting to, to go towards is, you know, instead of trying to abolish the state first and then let people create their own states afterwards, you know, privatize the state first, then just buy my way out because most people want the state. So abolishing it's going to be very, very difficult. But I want my liberty and buying that should, you know, should be made as straightforward as possible. I I see what you're saying, but I do think that um, I, I feel like calling it a, a private state is a bit of a misnomer a little bit. Like, like I feel like libertarians are going to come into like would come into conflict with that you know what i mean just yeah, we've never had we've never really had one before not really um, right but I, I as the way i see it there, there is no uh you know like even like okay like when you we have a public state and you have a you know a, a mexican who wasn't supposed to be here we don't like say okay well you're allowed to just aggress against them or or whatever we just say time to remove them you know send them back well and yeah you know, the, the minimum we need to do to you know appropriately send them back and you know, I, I would view it the same way as anyone who comes onto my property without permission to be there. You know, I have the right to use the minimum amount of, yes. of force to simply remove them. But if they come onto my property with a contract that you know also, as, and we have a agreed upon set of rules, that is different. That yeah, you know, that's that's different. This it's kind of what I'm talking about. Is the the Yarvin patchwork is sure. what I think is they move there first and then move towards you know the ANCAP and liberty right. I, I would say though, like uh, in the case in the example of the immigrant, I, I think like they do that, but ultimately the state would say the state could say that they do have a legal if they wanted to, they could give themselves the legal right to just kill people on site. Do you know what I mean? Like legally speaking, from their own definitional framework, if they yeah. like with the monopoly, like like they don't practically, like practically speaking, I agree with you. Yeah. But definitionally, they, if they have a monopoly on violence, that would mm -hmm. imply that they could you know do whatever they wanted to that yeah person. i mean again but yeah now you're making should arguments instead of oh uh, i am i am I, yeah and, no 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 i am yeah yeah and i, I would i would say the uh you know what is but is I, you know that is is probably something closer to this because people don't just do that oh know? sure that, sure that I, they could and but they could also do that like in any ancapistan but they shouldn't and they probably won't because that's just not right i, I was speaking their interests I was speaking only from the uh, like definition of like the state and how libertarians use it in the frame of uh, their moral perspective, right? You know, yeah. like the more like libertarians would say, like, well, like a pro private property owner could just like kill someone standing on their property for no reason, but they would still say that's ethically wrong. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. So I, I think that ethical difference is what separates the private property from the state, in, in my opinion, from their from a, a, a should. It is a should statement, so it's a it's a difference of you know yeah. ethics, but. Yeah, because mm -hmm. yeah, again, I, I'm always at the Arcotopus. I'm, I'm trying to point out 
here's the incentive. Mm-hmm. Okay, and, they, sure. and the state always behaves as incentives. And it's like that virtually almost without exception. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, I, I see that this is why I see it as an engineering problem is we just have to behave the behave the incentives in the way they want us to, you know, use that pro, use that formula properly. And, you know, liberty should be very achievable. I mean, if we follow the equation, there's no reason it should it shouldn't work because mm-hmm. incentives are what they are. And pe- the state virtually universally behaves. Yeah. Descriptively, I completely agree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and that's that why I asked that question is like, is, is this as an agorist, you know, if you had a, like a, a private state, kind of like what Yarvin describes in Patchwork, where it, it, it is a legitimate state because it owns the property and everyone who lives there has, you know, signed a contract to that effect and nobody who doesn't, you know, is there. Like, is that, you know, like, would there be a problem as an agorist with, hey, I'd like to buy a few of those shares on the, on the stock exchange? Yeah, I mean, I don't see why there wouldn't be. I actually would highly suggest you do read Konkin. Uh, and I'm yeah. not saying this to make you an agorist. It's just no, it's also really short reading. And I think there's a reason why there's been an insurgence of agorism. And I think it's because of the time that we're living in right now and the shit that's going on. And how a lot of, like, it's between the public-private shit and, like, that type stuff. And Konkin had a lot to contribute to there. And he actually, I think, in a lot of ways, was just expanding a lot of what Rothbard said. But he kind of emphasized certain things a little bit more that Rothbard probably didn't have the benefit of his time in history of, you know, emphasizing as much. Because he did, he did, he totally touched on, and even in Anatomy State, me and Dave talked about that, he, he actually touched yeah. on this a little bit. Uh, Rothbard did. He just, I don't feel like he ever emphasized it nearly as much as Konkin did. And I, and I actually think it's, there's a reason why yeah. there's this emphasis now where the public is, the, they're, they're, you know, merging the public and private with fascism and stuff. And that's a thing that's going on now. So I would highly suggest everyone read yeah. it. There's a reason why it's surging popularity. It's not me saying to be an agorist. I would actually, I would love, I wish Dave Smith would read, uh, read it. And I'm not, I mean, I don't, I'm not saying he hasn't. I mean, I don't think he has, but like, it's like, it literally would probably take you a day or two, especially if you're a big reader, you probably read, you could read both Conkin's uh, books, you know, uh, Agorist Primer and New Libertarian Manifesto in like a day easily. And, especially if you're a, bi- a big reader. And I think it has a lot to add to our, our current situation. So like, even if you are going to engage in politics, just even for having like a, a proper rhetoric to deal with today's situation, I think mm-hmm. Konkin has a lot to offer. Um, and so I think especially you need to get Maddie, you need to get Maddie to read it. Cause literally oh. everything he's fucking describing is like, it's so much like, dude, read it. Like it will, like you're, touching on all the same shit Conkin's touching on yeah. all of it like it yeah. just he's coming from a di- more of a from a different way and it's yeah he's so coming like, at it from a more, more nrx perspective yes and and, like, dude yeah, yeah. I, i'm saying that as as i understand agorism to be which is you know yeah. it's all secondary material obviously that i've yeah i've got i've gotten it through but i've always yeah. been friendly to, to the agorist idea it's, because it's basically it's wealth power and more. influence but try your best to kind of sort of keep your shit outside the state and it's not a zero and one. It's very much just another yeah. thing I think Congan has yeah. to offer modern day is he doesn't operate in a binary sense. And a lot of, that's why a lot of people make fun of agorists like, oh, well, you wear seatbelts oh, 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 or, or some dumb shit like that. Like, you're not really an agorist. I'm like, well, then you obviously don't understand agorism. Agorism yeah. is inherently along the line of like, he's not saying go live in the woods and go return to Monk and like, you know, not pay taxes. He's saying push it as far as you can without getting yeah. in trouble to whatever extent you're comfortable with. Yeah, like, that's something I always universally agree with. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's all he's oh, wait, saying. Wait. Like, if you don't have to claim the taxes, why the fuck would you? And even then, furthermore, 
you know, maybe think about like, well, what is the cost of if I get mm-hmm. caught for, for, for he legit in, in the new libertarian manifesto has a uh, calculation for how yeah. to determine like, you know, if, if the risk outweighs it. And a lot of people don't think of it in that way. They just think of it as it's illegal. It's like, okay, yeah, it's illegal, but what is the fine? Right. And how yeah, much money are you, how value. much, how much yeah. profit do you have to yeah. make off this? Does the profit outweigh the cost? I don't know. Yeah. Tonkin, <laughs> he essentially just looks, takes all the laws and turns them into economic values. Like, economic, okay, what is the economic value of this law, and what is the economic cost to breaking this law, and which, yes. and do I come out with a profit at the yeah. other end of? Yeah, and you multiply law. them by the uh, appropriate probabilities, and yes. you get your answer. Is is the expected value positive? Do it. If it's negative, don't. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Right. And that's all it really is. And everyone makes it out like this dumb. Like, oh, we're just gonna go live out in the woods and grow potatoes and uh, fucking uh, sell guns. Or, or some shit it's like no like i mean it's different for everyone it's really right. di- literally all it's saying is like disregard the law but don't get in trouble and push it to the furthest extent possible it's an and, action not an ideology huh Agreed. it's an action not an ideology yeah, yeah. i mean it's kind of an ideology also well, too but like yeah yeah i mean but it, it's what it's describing and so that's basically wealth power and influence because i would actually a- advocate that is that that is the best wealth power and influence because if you can set up your wealth because I mean, he very much pushes having multiple revenue streams, set, setting yourself up outside the state, but not to the point you get in trouble. I mean, that is literally a recipe for success. Like if I mean, I mean, yeah. shit, that's what like major corporations already do. Like, exactly. like so like no shit. <laughs> like, it's all it is. It's, people make it this like way more thing than it has to be. But mm-hmm. we're kind of rambling here, and you got me. You got me. Uh, you got me uh, rambling on fucking agorism. Well, but I mean, um, I'm understanding it. It sounds co- yeah. it still sounds coherent to me. So. Yeah, no, I, I would highly suggest reading. Like, it's really not anyone out there. He has so much to offer to today's discussion, and I think that a lot of people really need to read. Even yeah. if you don't want to be like, hey, I don't want to. Even if you want to interact in politics, he's a lot to say. Yeah. So, I mean, and and, and Conkin even admits that you know the state or the people who want to coerce others will never go away, right? So he's very realistic about this. He's yes. uh, yeah. Yeah, and a lot of what I've described too in New Libertarian Manifesto, I like a lot of what I've said about what I see about the future. I feel like Konkin sort of predicted in some mm-hmm. sense. So, like basically, his rise of the Agora is kind of like describes history in a sense. And so, I think you would have a lot to gain from that, uh, Andrew. But uh, yeah, anyways, I guess we're getting kind of. Like, do you have anything else you guys want to add? Because we are getting along with the tooth here. We've gone for a good while. But um, Ace, do you have any other further critiques? No, I I think I'm good. I just want I my the, the my main point going into this is I really just wanted to uh, like learn you, what how you defined what the words you were using, and I, I feel like I got that, so I, I'm pretty yeah. happy with this. Yeah, which I think that was important too. Bring that up. The uh, that's major. Like like I said before, like I mostly just had semantic disagreements or ma- things maybe you should put different emphasis on. Really, I like I actually do think arbitrovism is a valuable theory, and it is there's I. It, I think it's interesting and that's part of why I want to like make sure you're maximizing it to the, the furthest extent. So if we can provide mm-hmm. whatever semantic little nitpick critiques, uh, I think it'll only make strength in it. So, yeah. I mean, whether you take that advice or not, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, Oh, I, I definitely will, will read Conkin. <laughs> I have a, a mountain of books that, that I'm, yeah. I'm having to get to, but uh, oh, it definitely will be added to the list. Have you oh, ever read yeah. any of the post anarchist by any chance or post anarchism? Uh, no, I have not. I don't know. Okay. It's essentially, it dovetails very well with, um, agorism, but it's essentially the idea that the state will always exist and essentially like distilled down like very, very loosely. It's essentially this idea that you just have to treat the state and these other things like externalities, like the same way you would like some hurricane coming at you. You just have to take the necessary preparations and then work within that to the best of your ability. 
Yeah, yeah so was Sterner was considered a post-hander, I guess, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So he's very much, yeah. I mean, he, he's probably the only one I've really read in that regard. Okay, yeah. 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 yeah, and, uh, you know, I, I, this is a, uh, you know, kind of where I say, okay, yeah, it was, it's a force of nature. Let's just deal with it appropriately. Right. Um, you know, and I, I think this is where we start talking about, well, what's appropriate, and this is that's the conversation we just had. <laughs> right, right. Okay. And yeah. the LP is not appropriate, so. We all agree, right? Yeah, all right, yeah. Okay. I, I agree. I, I know Ace. Yeah. You, you I, I, I do agree. agree. <laughs> I, I think like everything. Like it, it, I actually used to. I used to have this belief that you know, well, we're gonna have you know, the LP can be used as like a bully pulpit where we can spread the message. But then again, I but then I thought, well, wait a minute. Why wouldn't you be able to do that as a Republican or Democrat yeah. in some sense? If you if that's what you were going to do in the first place, why wouldn't you jump on board with the the like the place with more numbers, right? The 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 party with more people. Just yeah. hear the message. That is there, there is something to, I think, utilizing the political system. I, if you're an anarchist and you want an anarchist society, I think that's – I mean, I know you can make a, a legit argument, but it's also a matter of perception. So if, if your end goal is anarchism and the people you're trying to get there, if they have a certain perception, I think it kind of corrupts the message well, you, to some extent if you're using that um, platform. If, if you think the uh, – like of the Overton window being on the real high time preference side – you know, maybe we should just, you know, bring that up, you know, try to use that bully yeah. to bring the Overton window down to the lower time pressure right. for power because, you know, that moves it closer to us. And I also don't see any, uh, like, even ethical reason against, like, sabotaging the system from within. You know, I think yeah. that's a perfectly legitimate strategy. Yeah, I have no ethical reasons. I know, this is why I diverge from a lot of agorists where they, yeah. they will make, like, you know, you know, like, moral arguments against political involvement. And I'm like, I know for me, that's like, that just ain't it chief. Uh, but right. like, yeah. I mean, I, 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 I will try my best to, to, I mean, not necessarily, I guess, try my best, like I'm standing for it, but like, I, I, I come from a, a perspective. I don't think it works out in the long run. It mean, you to the high time preference, low preference. I think you're kind of, if you're working within the state, you're to some extent kind of building it up. And I think you're going to fuck yourself mm -hmm. over in the long run. I think you, you maybe have better short-term gains. I think you can get short-term gains from politics. Yep. And then people look at that and go, well, look at this fucking short-term game. And you're like, well, yeah, yeah but look I, at the course of history. Yeah, <laughs> I think as long as you're focused on, you know, your ultimate goal, like you have an ultimate goal in mind, you know, to then, you know, that's the, uh, then that, then you're not going to fall prey to it. But if you, if, if you're kind of just, oh, uh, you know, this issue or that issue and you're kind of aimless, uh, mm -hmm. yeah, I think you're eventually you, you will be, end up becoming cringe. But, but even yeah. on that though, we're talking, but what we're talking about here is, Stuff that's going to take generations. If we're oh, I don't think so. Oh, I think I, if, I think I think the privatization. I think that's doable to uh, you know at to, almost today. If we if you know the only thing standing in our way is you know lack of money or poverty. I mean, I, don't, <laughs> I guess stop, I hope you're right. Yeah, stop being poor first, yeah. but I think it's uh, it's you know that idea is very achievable. I, yeah, I mean, I, don't, I guess I just see as a, as a whole a if you're looking at liberty as this large thing where people like increasing liberty it is kind of like a i think it's more of a generations game and also i mean even then i think increasing yourself on an individual level to kind of go back to agorism i think that kind of is the best way to help yourself individually and i think you know if you increase if you make your better yourself individually i think it, it you know it, it kind of spreads out from there i mean we always and, go about how we're individualists but like that's yeah that's the best way to move things individually and, and, and speaking of like agorism and also like um the crypto anarchists, if you just think of like um, what Cody Wilson did with the 3D printing of guns, right? How, what he started with that. That right there is a, uh, it, it, it's a political action, but it's not from the political system. You know what I mean? So it's, it's, 
it, it creates an increased amount of cost to enforcing gun control laws. So there are certainly, so, so I'm not saying you're wrong, but I do think there are certainly a lot of avenues where you can attack the state and increase the cost of their enforcement from outside of it. Oh, that's my, that, that, that's my exact prescription. Okay. Yeah, you know, uh, for of archotropism is because if you have this incentive, the way to turn off the incentives is, is to make a higher disincentive. Yeah. So in other words, you know, if, if if the problem is you know aggression is profitable, well, okay, the solution is make aggression a loss. Yeah. That's, absolutely. I mean, that, that's exactly. So it's like I 100% agree with that. With that, and you know, that's a, it's kind of really difficult to do. And technology certainly helps, but mm -hmm. if you, uh, you know, if you have to be able to turn the uh, their their profits into a loss, that will collapse the state, the state, because yeah. that collapses the hierarchy for that for the value of that action. So that is, I mean, I I I would I, with the archetropism framework, I like a hundred percent on board with like you know the agorists and their theories and their practices. Okay, yeah. Like I've always I've always said, okay, there's at least two solutions that come out of the archotropism framework one is like the gop solution where you're working from within the state you know to lower to move the overton window closer to our time preference for power the other is you know going at the incentives directly and you can do that either through the state or through agorism mm -hmm. or counter economics yeah all right well we're we just it's fucking get like this is where like it's always like this where it starts getting fun when you start breaking up but uh fucking you guys want to go ahead and drop your plugs ace go ahead Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, you can find me uh, on Twitter at ace underscore arcist, and I'll often be debating uh, 12 follower accounts, and you can find me there. Yeah. And keep an eye out for Ace. Uh, I don't know when we're, we haven't got it scheduled yet, but he is going to be my dude covering Benjamin Tucker for this anarchist handbook series I got, which I, I don't know. I feel like I've struck gold. I've got a lot of good guests. I have Thaddeus Russell coming up, I'm recording oh, with him cool. on Friday, and he's doing Emma Goldman. And I don't know. Oh, cool. I, I'm trying my best to when I pick these people, pick people exude these people. And I also I don't know why something about like for example, Dave Smith was Murray Rothbard, yeah. Magnus Magnus was Sterner, Magnus Panvidia, uh, you Tucker. Uh, it's gonna be yeah, Tucker's uh, my favorite anarchist. Yeah. So and then for fucking uh yeah, then I just said um uh Goldman for uh for Thad. Yeah. And like Thad's also a historian, and I feel like Emma Goldman's really biggest thing while she was a good intellectual their biggest contribution was historically so uh, that'll be interesting i'm really looking forward to that I'll probably attack it from a historical way uh go ahead pops uh yeah i'm popular liberty under, uh, underscore on twitter and you can find me, me on youtube at, at just uh, popular space liberty you can find all my content there and i just did a new uh uh, archotropism video on the implications of the fourth law which is the one that says hey geopolitics and geography matter and you know and i was analyzing a, a potential war with china and reasons why i thought that was not going to happen based on their you know population demography their actual war capabilities etc cetera, etc cetera. and i think this would be something that a lot of people would you know who are interested in the archotropism framework this would be a, a, a its implications That'd be a video I think you should definitely uh, look into. Or it's also available on Spotify. Yeah, I highly suggest going to check that out. Uh, guys, really appreciate you guys coming on. That was a loud ding, whatever that was. I'm so sorry. <laughs> that was my phone. You're good. You're good. Uh, this isn't professional here. Uh, I'm not monetized. I don't give a shit. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, this has been No Way Jose. Uh, I'm Jose Galison. If you like my shit, check me out on YouTube. Check me out on fucking all the major podcatchers. Give me money, patreon.com, just no way Jose 2020. That way you can see this stuff early. Uh, I usually wait like a week before I drop an episode unless it's something super current or if I just can't wait. Uh, yeah, like, share, subscribe, all that gay shit. And with that, we are out.
Take care, guys.